This is William Hunter of Hunter Sports Talk. We're here to talk about the Philadelphia 76ers. They get swept today after losing game four, 110 to 106 to the Boston Celtics. On the surface, Joel Embiid had a great game, 30 and 10. Tobias had his best offensive game in the, in the series with 20 and 5 before he split his eye and split his head open, basically. And, Joe, and Al Horford actually showed up with 12 and 10 after averaging five points in the series. The question now is, what does Philadelphia do? What happens? Do you break this team up? They've been together, Joel and Ben, for the last four years. They must go. They, they're the problem, and that's not necessarily the case. But the process has lasted 10 years. It has not. The process has lasted seven years. It has not lasted seven years. The process has ended, ended actually three years ago. So we'll go over that. We'll go over the shortcomings of Joel and Ben, and we'll go over the front office mishaps. We'll go over whether Brett Brown needs to stay or not. But let's start off with the process has been going for seven years. Let's break down the process in a quick timeline. 2013, after not winning anywhere close to 35 games, they hire Sam Hickey from the Houston Rockets, and they start the quote-unquote process by trading Drew Holiday in exchange for uh, injured Nerlens Noel and a first-round pick. So they ended up being the second-worst team in the league behind the Milwaukee Bucks that are the number one seed in the Eastern Conference at the moment. So they even then when they were bad, they weren't the worst. 2014, this is when they draft Joel Embiid. They draft him knowing that he's going to be on the shelf for a year and they're not winning quote-unquote on purpose again. Just a lot of fringe NBA guys coming in on the team and not putting out NBA players on the floor. By the way, in 2013, they had the Rookie of the Year, Michael Carter-Williams, with their other first-round pick that did not <laughs> pan out. Now he's basically a role player, and they ended up trading him a few years later because – and. You know, the media was in an uproar with that. That was cute. So 2014, not the worst team in the league. The New York Knicks are the worst team in the league. 2015 is where it kind of goes haywire and the process is kind of on the off the rails. That's when they draft Joel Okafor, a healthy big man, after drafting two big men before in Embiid and Noel respectively. And Okafor is coming off of a, National championship with Duke. They ended up drafting him. He does not fit in today's NBA. He scored 17 and 10, but he couldn't do much else. And he was five feet and in, no jump shot. They ended up being the worst team in the league that year, winning 10 games, narrowly escaping the all-time loss record in a season with nine with another 76ers team from the early 70s. So the league is in an uproar at this point. They're losing on purpose. They're, they're not trying to win. And this is the first year during the quote-unquote process that it doesn't work out in terms of them being not the worst team in the league. They ended up forcing Sam Hinkie out. And they bring in Brian Colangelo in an act of nepotism from his father that was hired by the league to handle the Sixers. Jerry Colangelo, what a story. Only in Philadelphia, right? So in 2016... They ended up drafting Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, we'll talk about him later. He has his shortcomings, but he's one of the top 20, 25 players in the league. So present day, what did they end up doing? They end up drafting two top 20, top 25 players. 
some of it hit, some of it missed. So technically, they're two out of three with Noel not working out to be a a great player. And then they didn't get necessary value for Okafor as well. So in 2017, 2016, Ben doesn't play, has a leg injury, an ankle injury, comes out later on and says he could have played. That's neither here nor there. Joel plays 30 games, almost wins rookie of the year, and they end up shutting him down because he has a leg injury. 2017 is when the process ended. I'll say it one more time. 2017 is when the process ended. They were 25 and 25 in the beginning of the year of 2018, 2017, 2018 season, and they end up winning 50 games that year, going to the second round and losing to the Boston Celtics without Kyrie Irving. This is, this is what rushes the process somewhat. It's because a team that's somewhat just as younger or just as young as them ends up winning. So there you go. They end up losing, and the process needs to be rushed. Key things that happen that year. First year that Joel and Ben play together, and they play with three guys that can shoot the ball. Dario Saric, Robert Covington, and J.J. Reddick. They play with those guys. They have the best offense in the league in points possession, but they don't have any other shot creators. Dario was a little bit of a shot creator. Rob Covington was a 3 and D guy, one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. And J.J. was a shot maker and a perimeter shooter, but couldn't make his own shot. So this is where it goes haywire. After the 2017-2018 season, they draft Markel Fultz. Markel Fultz is the ideal person for being to play in the backcourt with, ideally, if he had a jump shot. But somehow he gets the yips and doesn't have a jump shot anymore. So it doesn't work out. And the whole excuse me, Jerry and Brian Colangelo mess happens. What ends up happening there is, is that little Colangelo, I like to call him, Brian ends up writing, goes to a burning account and writes all type of disparaging things about the 76ers organization and certain players questioning worth ethic, defending himself in third person, denies it, throws the whole thing off. They ended up reluctantly letting him go that summer. That's when everything gets thrown off in terms of the Philadelphia front office. They get rid of Colangelo, but they keep the guys that he hired. It doesn't make any sense. There's no hierarchy there. There's no one voice. The, the, the voice that's in front is Brett Brown, the coach. He's the one that speaks up. He doesn't really need the voice. And at some point, he was involved in being the general manager. After going through all that mess the first three or four seasons, they reward him with having a hand in the front office. Fantastic. That was great. So that does not go as planned. They ended up having a pretty good year midseason. They ended up trading Dario and Covington to get Jimmy Butler, which, oh, they needed they needed Jimmy Butler guy. Oh, they needed him. Oh, he's the reason. They ended up going seven games with the eventual world champion, Toronto Raptors, ball bounces seven times on the rim, and they ended up losing the second round. They let Jimmy go also midseason. They end up doing a trade for Tobias Harris. And it basically clears out all their assets. They had a first rounder for my from Miami that was unprotected. That was around a and then they also had a their own first round that they traded. They also traded who else did they trade? Landry Shamit. They ended up trading him. 
Ladies and gentlemen, and Wilson Chandler, just trade a whole bunch of pieces for a free agent to be Tobias Harris. Anyway, they end up going seven games, lose a game. They win 52 the year before. They win 51. Jimmy is making noise throughout the time that he's with Philadelphia that he is not happy with the coaching situation. And I think he knew early on that he wasn't going to be there and he wasn't fond of playing with Ben Simmons. He had to be, in my opinion, the best perimeter person guy on the team in order for him to stay. They couldn't have Ben and Jimmy there at the same time. So they let Jimmy go and they overpaid Tobias Harris $180 million. And then they go ahead and sign a four-year deal with Al Horford. So they decide to go big in this situation. They go big with Al. They go big with Tobias, Joel, and Ben. And then they end up getting Josh Richardson in a trade, a signing trade for Jimmy Butler going to Miami. So they're a long lineup, but they lack perimeter shooting. And initially they thought they were going to have ball handling with Ben being the initial ball handler and Josh being the secondary ball handler playing backup point guard when Ben's not in there. So here's a development that just throws everything off. They thought that Joel would be in better condition and they thought that Ben would get him a jump shot. It would open up the floor for the other guys on the floor and it didn't end up happening. So they end up having just a, a, a mediocre season by their standards. And here we are. They end up losing four games to the Boston Celtics that are relatively thin. And they basically only go six deep. And they're, you know, Kimball Walker's tearing them up on the perimeter. They get Jalen Brown tearing them up. And then Jason Tatum has turned into a supernova, evidently. Because part of the reason I think he's that is because Ben isn't there. And also is because he's improved. That's the problem that's been with Ben and, and Joel. They have not improved offensively, per se, in their time that they've been in Philadelphia, one would argue. Joel had 30 and 10 and basically averaged 30 for the series. But the problem defensively was he had to use all of his energy on offense because there was a lot of pick and rolls with Boston and their guards. And what would happen initially in game one, Joel then step up. Once the guards they did have, which was Shake Milton and Josh to a certain extent, not run through the screens, what happens is, is that after they don't run through the screens, it's a clean look. Joel doesn't step up to challenge the shot and free reign. They're perimeter shooters. We can't handle the perimeter. And another part, and another thing with this, without Horford being part of their free agent acquisitions, if you're going to be a big team, you have to play big, and Al doesn't necessarily play big. For years, Al has said that he wants to be a four. He doesn't, didn't consider himself a five. On top of the great money he got, he had, I think, $94 million guaranteed and 107 total. $107 million. $94 million guaranteed. Let me repeat that. $107 million total. He doesn't play big. They weren't this bruising team. They weren't bruising on the boards. And he had little tips here and there with Ben and Joel. So Ben and Joel have said, and they're part of the reason problem too, Ben is on Instagram showing that he's shooting jump shots in the summer and pickup ball. And what we end up finding out later on is that Ben is going to a sports psychologist because he cannot shoot on the perimeter. Not consistently, he's got into his own head. Just like Markel Fultz did with his shoulder injury, and not being able to shoot jump shots. Markel is trying to shoot jump shots now. Ben is periodic. So he's got into his own head. And Joel 
He came in saying that he wanted to be the defensive player of the year and MVP. He was never in shape. And I don't know if a big man can be in shape where they can play 35, 40 minutes a game. You went through him. He got you the points. But can, again, you need perimeter shooting or you need a perimeter guy with Joel to make him just as effective. Think of the Shaq and Kobe scenario. And again, the way that the NBA is going, it has to be perimeter. It's just a perimeter deal. And they didn't have a perimeter guy. Listen, I'm not saying that if Ben was playing in this series that they would have won it, but they would have been a lot more competitive and they wouldn't have got swept. The bigger issue is that they have Joel, which plays the five. They have Al, which is better suited for the five, playing the four. And they had Tobias playing the three, and he suited playing the four. It was just a lot of mismatched parts in retrospect. And because Joel wasn't in shape and Ben didn't get a jump shot, it doesn't add up. It doesn't add up to a championship team. Now, people are calling for their heads, saying that this team should break up. They're locked in, and the only value that they'll get is Joel and Ben. You don't give away two all-stars. You don't do that. You don't give away two all-stars. And they've had their tiffs, like I've mentioned before, but it's a situation where they both said that they're brothers, that they love each other, they can win with each other. Let me tell you something about brothers. Here's the thing. You're not going to always get along with your brother. You're going to have fights with your brother. You're going to threaten to kick your brother's butt sometimes. That doesn't mean that you're not brothers anymore. That doesn't mean in this situation that they can't play together. When they were together with the, let me mention the players again, Dario Saric, Robert Covington, and J.J. Redick, they were the best five-man lineup in the NBA three years ago. It's declined because the personnel has changed. They, Jimmy, for all the greatness that he is, went through a stretch where he didn't shoot any perimeter shots for Philadelphia when he was with us last year. Nobody talks about that. And here again, we're going to hear the media chirp in the next few days about how this team needs to break up and this team doesn't can't survive. Let me tell you something about the media. It's certain stuff that they cannot say that is off the record and not to put in danger their sources. It's certain stuff that goes behind the scenes with Philadelphia that cannot be talked about. When Jimmy left, there's no talk about Jimmy and Ben. If you had to choose between paying Ben for five years and paying Jimmy, you choose Ben Simmons without a jump shot. He's younger and he has the biggest ceiling. Listen, Miami's winning 3-0, led by Jimmy Butler against the Indiana Pacers. They're going to win this series, and guess who they're playing next? They're playing the Milwaukee Bucks, and they're going to lose in the second round. Jimmy always loses in the second round. The first time he got to the second round was with Philadelphia. He ain't never won nothing. So why are we paying this guy before we pay Ben Simmons, who's younger, but isn't the better player right now? I understand that. One can argue that. But he has the better ceiling. You can't, you don't choose Jimmy over Ben. And with Joel, this is another, A, the team was not constructed well for him in this series with Boston because of the lack of the perimeter defense and the lack of perimeter shooting. But Joel has to be in better shape. That's the issue. He's not in the greatest of shape. And that's the reason that they struggled. He played over 30 minutes, 30 and 10, but on the defensive end, like with most elite NBA guys, there were lapses. There were lapses there. 
And it's hard to play defense and offense and be a two-way player like that, especially when you're a center. So it's not necessarily he's in bad condition. They haven't improved the way that the team thought they were going to improve. That's the problem. But yet again, they have mismatched pieces alongside them. You have guys that are inside guys. And if you're going to be a bruising team, you got to bruise. And this team is not a bruising beat you up inside team and don't have it doesn't have the perimeter defense to keep up with Kimball Walker, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum. They don't have it. That's why they struggled. On to the front office. The Philadelphia front office, multiple cast of characters, have been terrible or mediocre for at least the last 30 years. When they they when they had Moses Malone in the mid-80s, they traded him away for Jeff Rulin and a first. Jeff Rulin, look him up. He never played. He was injured. They ended up getting the number one draft pick the year that they had that Brad Doherty was number one. They traded that away. They're not, they again, different set of guys, but the front office has never been known as making the greatest of moves. The Markel Fultz move, you have to shoot your shot. You got to shoot your shot at some point. And I don't blame them for the Markel Fultz thing at all. Maybe they should have known that Markel Fultz was in his own head and couldn't do anything. Maybe they should have known that. But they ended up trading away the right to get Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum would have looked great on this team. But it is what it is. I don't blame them for shooting that shot. But... Again, they built this team incorrectly, but they assume that their two best players would get better offensively. Well, they assume that Ben was going to shoot a jump shot, and they assume that Joel would be in better condition. And he's not. Despite all that, you don't trade him away. Then we get to Brett Brown. And Brett, Brett, love Brett Brown. Appreciate him being part of the process, literally and figuratively. But I think the players have told have turned a deaf ear to him. Earlier this year was a telling sign when Ben shot a three-pointer in the game and, and, and made it. Brett has a press conference saying that tell the agent, tell it, tell his agent, tell everybody, he needs to shoot more three-point shots. Because he doesn't shoot three-pointers, it makes it crowded in lane for Joel, Al, and Tobias Harris. He needs to shoot threes. He needs to shoot perimeter shots. And because he doesn't, it makes it crowded. And that's the problem. That's his issue. And it comes out, not by chance, that he's seen a sports psychologist when they go to the bubble a few weeks ago. And he shoots a few threes and scrimmages. And then he shoots maybe one or two before he gets injured and it goes away. Ideally, they'll need a second ball handler and a perimeter shot maker to make this team a championship team. They have the hardest part, the superstar or excuse me all-star players what they need now is perimeter shooting and i don't know if you can get you're not going to be able to trade anything of value for that tobias tobias harris contract with four years left on it maybe you can get something for al al has three years left with it i thought the first but the fourth year was partially guaranteed and i think the fourth year is fully guaranteed also but maybe you'll get something for al and you have to Hope for internal development. Shake Milton to get better. The Zaire Smith situation getting better. By the way, Zaire Smith almost died from a peanut allergy. Almost died from that. 
One Zaire Smith's fault. Didn't know he was allergic to peanuts, but he literally almost died and hasn't developed the way that the 76ers thought he would. They don't have the perimeter defenders or the perimeter shot makers. That was the problem with the Dario, Robert Covington, J.J. Reddick team. It had a ceiling, and maybe they should have kept, kept him in. This is why another reason why the front office isn't that high. Joel goes to, on the J.J. Reddick podcast, and he basically says, I was depressed when you weren't here, when they let you go. What would it have cost to keep J.J. Reddick? Six to eight million dollars, maybe ten? That's all it would have cost, and he would have been willing to come off the bench? Why don't you keep him? Front office incompetence. Back to Brett Brown, it's a situation where the players have just I don't want to say they tuned them out because game three and game four, they played really hard. They just didn't have the talent. And I wouldn't necessarily be against getting rid of Red Brown. I mean, I wouldn't be against it, but I wouldn't be against you keeping them either. The front office is one of the bigger problems for the 76ers. No accountability, no one voice. There are multiple guys making decisions for the 76ers in that front office. Elson Brand is the figurehead. They need one guy a GM and a president, those two guys working together and them being the voice. That's what they need to be a successful team. But you do not trade Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. You don't do that. It doesn't make any sense. This is year four, going on year five of Joel Embiid playing. He started playing in 2016, 2017, because he missed two years. So he starts playing in 2017, going on his fifth year, fourth year, because I can't do math. But he hasn't played the whole time and he's been in the league. Ben, they're relatively young. I think they're 27 and 22, 23, respectively. You don't get rid of them. You don't get rid of them. Not at this point. When Jordan didn't win a championship, and you know we always use the Jordan parameter, Jordan didn't win a championship until his seventh or eighth year in the league playing. You don't get rid of them because you're going to end up getting 25 cent on the dollar or 50 cent on the dollar if you get rid of these guys. Ben Simmons is 24 years old. Joel is 26. You don't give up on them now. And of course, after the game, you're asking them all types of questions. What went wrong? And emotions are high. This is a dumb question. Nothing went wrong. I think Joel said, we just lost. We didn't do what we were supposed to do. You got to be professional. You got to answer. No, you're upset. So I asked like last year when they lost, he said after process, didn't care about the process in that moment. So emotions are high and he's supposed to answer every question perfectly. And, you know, reporters know when they're up there poking the bear or whatnot, being professional or not. And Joel's an emotional guy. This is what happens. So what now? What you're going to hear the next few days is just media poking it apart and saying, break them up, you know, get rid of them. They don't have the great supporting cast. And again, the media knows stuff that they're not reporting. And again, in an effort not to burn sources, certain stuff that they, they're not going to report. And again, we're in a hot take society. So at most two or three minutes, hey, Philadelphia's trash, get rid of them. Get rid of Brett Brown, get rid of GM Elton Brand, get rid of Ben Simmons, get rid of Joel Embiid, or choose between one of them. 
and let's just see how it goes. It doesn't, it doesn't need to be that drastic in my opinion. The front office needs one voice. You may need to change the coach, but you give this Ben and Joel thing one more run. You give them one more run. You double down when you sign these guys to long-term contracts. And the problem with the NBA and the instant hot takery society or instant gratification society is, is that they sped up their own timeline. They weren't supposed to be good two, two or three years ago. They weren't supposed to win 50 games. Now the timeline is sped up, and now what's happening is that they think that, that you need to choose one of them. And you don't need to choose one at this point with these guys being so young. You change the personnel around you, and even if you can't change that, you keep Joel and Ben. And again, this was just year one of the Horford Tobias experiment. It's too many bigs. One of them does need to go, but I wouldn't panic trade them because what ends up happening, they end up getting 25 cents on the dollar, and they end up getting worse. You end up getting worse when you end up trading one of these guys and not getting value for them. And you're really not getting value for Joel and Ben. So keep these guys. Let them stay here. Let them grow. Adjust the out of ears, but you do not get rid of that core. You don't get rid of it. That's all I have to say about this. Check out huntersportstalk.com. This is a test run. This is a pilot. Evidently, I had a podcast 2013. This is pilot number two. Huntersportstalk.com. Huntersportstalk at gmail.com. Mahalo.